Looking for the perfect coffee uh, before training? Head over to Stewart's Coffee. It's a family-owned business, and they sell a performance blend of coffee that is just incredible to have uh, as my cup of coffee before training. All right, guys, welcome back to another footy and coffee conversation. I'm actually using a little soccer mug from back yes. in my playing days. Are you? You got, your, you got your coffee. That is. What what uh, what kind of coffee is that? It's a normal Brazilian coffee, black coffee. I'm at, like is, that, is that strong? Yeah, that's pretty good. So you have a lot less than the American amount because it's stronger? Yes. Or what? <laughs> yeah. yeah, usually coffee here is a little bit stronger than in the U.S. I mean, you can find strong coffee in the U.S., but you got to dig in a little bit. Do you like, do you like American, like Starbucks coffee? Uh, yes, I know because I think Starbucks coffee is just like, I mean, I like the common ones, just the coffee is simple, sometimes a cappuccino, but those drinks, they're like, I used to call like a coffee milkshake. It's just everything but coffee in it. So I try to avoid those. Just a sugar rush. Yeah. Um, if you want to get started, just introduce yourself, um, where you're from and what position you play, what team you're currently signed with. Uh, my name is Rafael Mansingen. I'm from Brazil. I was born in Rio. And I play as a midfielder. Currently, I'm signed for Chattanooga Red Wolves to play USL League One this season. And just as we are talking before, Matt, just waiting for, for everything to get clear, start with preseason and, and get the season started. Awesome, awesome. I just had a thought real quick. Uh, were you able, were you in the U.S. during the World Cup in Brazil? Or were you able to see some games? Uh, in, the World Cup in Brazil was actually in Brazil, so it was 2014. But I couldn't get to any Brazil game, so I couldn't go because it was hard to buy tickets. Even for, like, Brazilian people, you had to, like, sign up and make, hopefully, your, your name will be sorted. But... I actually made a mistake because I only put my name for the Brazil games. I should have put for like any games, so I could at least yeah. go to, to a game or two. I had uh, I had friends that flew from the U.S. to go to a game, a U.S. game, got tickets, nice. everything, paid you know crazy amounts to travel there, and all, and then ends up getting sick, and has to spend the day like just laying in his hotel no, in no. some some random hotel in Brazil instead of going to a game. That sucks. <laughs> Um, so you grew up in Brazil. Uh, talk a little bit about youth soccer, what that looked like. I believe you started as a futsal player um, before you yes. were playing full field. But what was – because obviously the, the soccer scene in Brazil is a lot different than how a lot of our American listeners grow up playing in the U.S. Yeah. I mean, I didn't experience the, the youth soccer in the U.S. Just I just saw it when I got there at the age of 18. But – from from what I've seen, compared to Brazil, it's a lot different. Like a lot different. Here is really really competitive. Like you're really demanding and like pushed to win since like a young age. And I think that that builds more like the in, in a lot of kids here playing that builds like a lot of pressure and the the feeling of like I have to succeed, I have to win. Like this is this is how am I gonna succeed and get sometimes get my family out of this condition and make money so it's it's really demanding really they really push you to to succeed to win since like a, a 
a young age. Plus, I think there's like a lot of players like here. Yeah, everyone wants to play soccer. There's no second sport in Brazil. It's it's football or soccer, and that's it. So every kid wants to play. So it's it's a lot of competitiveness for for few spots. So it's it's really good. So was a were you always thinking professional soccer as a young kid, or did you have any other dream of a job after? No, I mean my. <laughs> My only choice is like I was what five, six years old, growing up playing futsal. Was I want to become a soccer player? I'm gonna do all it takes to to get the best opportunity I can to to make it happen, and and that's what I did throughout my whole life. Uh, what what um, you know, because in in countries where where soccer football is uh, the the big sport, obviously a lot of players. Um, Feel like if they're not signed to a professional team by 17, 18, that their career is over and they have to go get a real job or whatever. Um, what was kind of your uh, high school age soccer like, and what led you to deciding to go to the U.S.? Yeah, it was it was exactly that. So at the time I was 17, I was in a, a big. So when up to I was 16, I was in this medium-sized club in Brazil. And then I, I had the opportunity to go to Vasco, which was a big club in Brazil. And that was awesome. I was like, okay, now my career is just going to take off and everything's going to be great. And it didn't go as planned uh, on the transition to U17 to U20, which is a big jump. Like, I didn't make the, the cut. So I was like 17. I could either go back to the club I was before or try something different. And I was like really frustrated, sad. My family saw it. I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to play anymore. Like, I was almost there, and suddenly I'm not. So, and for a, for a guy at my age, I was 17, just trying to play. Like, didn't, like, give school much importance at the time. I just wanted to play, so it was it was a pretty, pretty big hit. And I was like, I think I didn't play for, like, three or four months. And then one of my friends... A little older had gone to the to the U.S. to study and play a few years before me, and he told me about the opportunity, and that's when it all started for me. Now, I thought you know college was challenging enough. I saw some of my teammates were you know from England or something. English is still their first language, and even that was a struggle. Um, if I'm correct, you didn't speak any English when you came to America, right? Oh wow! So what? Yeah, the, that's correct. I didn't speak a word. It was just... So what's the process then? Going into into college, you speak no English. You're going to a new country, and it's not just like oh, you're just here to play soccer. You also have to get a certain level of grades in school, and you're trying to make friends and live with you know the team. And what is that whole like first month experience? What is that like? It was pretty hard. Like when I, I remember when I set foot on Atlanta the first day, I was like, what am I actually doing? Like I could barely get out of the airport. I couldn't get a transportation to go where I had to go. Everything was tough. No one could understand me. I was like, man, what am I doing? And then I think what helped me a lot was my teammates, actually. I couldn't understand anything. I remember there was one other Brazilian that helped me a lot, a guy from Costa Rica that actually speak Portuguese that helped me a lot. And just these people helping me was what got me through the first few months because I couldn't go to Walmart by myself. I couldn't order food by myself. I couldn't do anything. But 
what I tell people is like when you're in the environment, you need to learn English or you, you're not going to do it. Like I, I had to go to class like after preseason, my third or fourth week in the U.S. I had to go to class and I had to tell professors, look, I barely speak English. Please bear me. Between that I wanted to learn and that I wanted to get better was what got me through my relationship with my teammates and even the classroom. What, how, many, how many months do you think it took you before you felt uh, confident to have, you know, a conversation like we're having now? Well, there's stuff. I mean, I, I, I want to say I was comfortable in class after two, three months. Uh, but it was still pretty hard for me to, like, present or anything. And, like, conversations like these, I would have many questions all the time about, like, vocabulary, grammar, and stuff like that. But... I think I think I learned pretty quick. I think after four or five months, I was I was doing well. I still had like a really heavy accent, and I still do up to up to this day. But I could get along well with my teammates and in class and everything. Now, when you obviously you became more comfortable of just what the U.S. was, everything like that during those months, but. Um, being able to actually have a conversation with your teammates and understand what the coach is saying in the meeting. Um, you know, all of that. Do you think that that, did you notice the difference of your on-field play change at all? Or did you, was there no change with that? Yeah, I think for sure, especially the first season, because I got to the US in August, it was right when the season started. I couldn't really understand what the coach wanted me to do. So I was more like kind of doing my own thing, if that makes sense. Like, of course, I would understand a few things and the, the soccer vocabulary use a word after one or two months like I'll know what they're trying to tell me but in the beginning it was more like me doing my own thing and and trying to do my best and I think they understood that too they tried to help me show me in the board as much as they could and also let me play and show my my football which also helped a lot too yeah and you went you went to uh Bryan College to start correct yes that's correct yeah so um, I always think, you know, especially for a situation like yours, how much nicer would it be if football was a spring sport? You could come in in the fall, have one semester to kind of, you know, get get accustomed to the U.S., get accustomed to all the things. But that's hard to jump in to learn a language, to be trying to then do schoolwork in that language, and then trying to also manage a soccer season. That seems like a very tough first year. Um, how did it go for you on the field? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think on the field it went pretty well. It was a team of a lot of freshmen, a lot of, of young guys. Sorry. Yeah, I can't see you, but it's okay. Uh, a lot of young guys, so I think we all, like, understood the concept, the ideas that we had to work together. And I think it, overall it went pretty well since my, my first season. And, yeah. And then you, you decided you stayed there one more year. Um, and then at that point, you decided to uh, transfer to Valparaiso. What was kind of the, the decision-making behind uh, transferring schools? Well, so me going to the U.S., my goal was always to, to become professional. And I went without knowing, like, well, I really an AIA, NCAA, or junior college even were. I just, man, I barely speak English. I would not know, like, the different leagues. 
Yeah. But with time, I understood that most of the people that go on the draft and become pros come from the NCAA Division One, and and I think I could do it. I think I could play at that level, especially of how well I was doing in an AIA. So I decided to to ask for my release, which was a bold move, and and sent out some emails to some D1 colleges, and I had a lot of interest, which was good. And I chose to go to Valparaiso mostly for financial reasons and because it was a good academic school as well. And the, the program had a lot of internationals. So I decided to, to go there. I thought you were going to say you chose Valpo because of the, uh, the brown turf and the end zones. <laughs> no, not that. <laughs> uh, how, was your, uh, how was your experience at Valpo? Uh, it was great. I mean, it was really cold different from Tennessee so the cold was something I didn't think through that much before I guess but it was a great experience great team great teammates loved the coaches it, it was really good and then during uh during that time you were also playing um in the NPSL during the uh, summer months how did you get connected to Lansing so it was actually my sophomore year playing for Brian. We had our first, uh, what's it called, the, na the Nationals, right? The Nationals, uh, where we played Spring Arbor, which was okay. Lansing's head coach team yeah, at the time. So we actually lost the game 3-2 after being up 2-0. And the coach really liked me and invited me to go play for him in the, su in the summer. So I went up to Michigan, Lansing. It was, it was awesome. It was, it was a blast. That's awesome. Yeah, Nate was my uh, college assistant coach for three years. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so we go way back. And, like, I played with uh, Danny Colley and Kyle Carr and Tim Daniels. No way. Yeah. Kyle Carr, the legend. 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 Um, so you, you're doing well. You transfer to Division One. Um, professional soccer is more looking more and more realistic as an opportunity. You're playing for Lance United and then also, I believe, Detroit City, which is a yes. very good NPSL club um, at the time. Then uh, you finish your senior year. Um, talk me through kind of the process of going professional for you. Well, Dan, it's a crazy story. I think, I'm not sure how it happened exactly, but I think the Columbus scout, Columbus Crew scouts guys were watching a game to see another player. I, I don't know if it was against Notre Dame or what it was. And they also had a guy that went to, to Valpo and they're like scouting or whatever, working for the crew. So they saw me and they were interested. So they invited me to, to my first college camp. I was actually a junior in, in college. So it was the summer after my junior year. I went to Columbus Crew for my first time with some other college guys from all over, guys from Wake Forest, uh, whatever, Ohio State, Stanford, like big schools. I was the only one from like a small D1 school. And I actually did really well. And they invited me to another one after my senior year. I did really well again. And then they told me that I was going to be in the, in the list for the draft. I wasn't going to be like an early pick because I was international, but I was going to be in the, in the draft. So there was the draft, but there was also an opportunity to play again with Nate. So before, before the draft, I had signed already my, my contract with, with Lansing, Ignite. So 
I went, trained a little bit of Columbus, then I went to to have my first professional season with Lansing USL League One. What um so you go you go Lansing, um now you're in you're in a professional environment, you finally made it that first step of being um a professional. What is, what does that feel like after you know you go at 17, you are without, you get kicked off your team. You're like, am I even going to play anymore? Am I done? And now, what, four, four years later, five years later, you're now signed your first professional contract. What does that feel like for you? I mean, that was, that was of course, a great feeling, like a feeling of, of accomplishing a dream. Like everything I always worked for, wanted like every single day, like even in Brian or Balpo, like it was all I worked for my whole life was to, to have an opportunity to be a professional footballer and I knew I could do it from day one and when it got to the day I was really excited really happy and I knew it was going to be a challenge so talk me through talk me through your first year professional um I always think the the first year is always a an interesting learning curve for a player because you go from playing college which I call like a sprint because the season of actual games is like three games a week for two months and then you're done basically yeah. maybe three months, but like professional, obviously, then you have one, maybe two games a week, but now you're training and playing with the team for like eight months. So it's just a much different, um, you know, attitude mentally. Now you're doing a marathon instead of a sprint. What, how does yeah. the, the first year go for you? Good and bad. Uh, it was for sure a lot of learning. So I got to Lansing first week, grind, injury. I was like, damn, really? So it was like, almost like two months of rehab trying to get back before time because of the anxious of like I want to play and not being able to but after two months when I was fully fit like I was trying to I started to to get better to see like my improvement every day in training learn with other more experienced players learning with the coach getting fitter and fitter and I started playing like more and more, like sometimes playing 15, 20 minutes coming off the bench. And then I was playing 45. And then when I saw I was playing 90 minutes and we started doing it really well as a team. So I think he helped me a lot improve as a player. I think it was the year that I improved the most for sure. Because like I said, I was practicing every day for nine months at a high level with high intensity players. So it was, it was really good. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was fun to watch from the side. You guys hit um, that that time in the season where you guys just went on a crazy run of of winning, and your playing went through the roof um, as a team. So that was fun to see. Uh, so you guys have you have a lot of success on the field, um, and obviously behind the scenes, the club, financially, all of that. Um, and so you guys find out you get called in that the club is going to be folding. What is that like? Because obviously now you've grown, you've started to grow a culture in the locker room. Um, and I would imagine there was, I don't know what you were thinking at the time, but I know talking to other guys on this show, they had been like, I want to come back and play and like kind of run it back one more year. Um, and then to kind of just have it like, all right, all these relationships, everything you built with the community just gone. What is that uh, feeling like? Uh, that was a bummer because, like you said, and other guys mentioned, like, our locker room was so good. Like, I just realized and really valued it in my second year of pro, like, last year. 
but our locker room was so good and like we could feel that feeling of like we deserve more like we right there like we can this team can win something can do something special so everyone's excited for for a second year i believe most of the players were going to come back and then they they tell us that the club was going to fold so that was a big bummer like because it was more than a team like there were like really really true friendships there like we were really close and we're ready for for the second year and it got the team folded it got cut so we had all to take our different paths and go different ways what um so you your season ends you're folded you aren't sure what you're doing at that point did you at all consider do i just go back and try to play um professionally in brazil or were you like no i want to continue playing in the u.s yeah i wanted to continue playing the u.s because of my dream of going to the MLS and I had already lined up like that after season that I was going to go back and finish the season training with Columbus crew. So that was what I did for the last month they had. So I was training there every day. I was doing really well. I was hoping that I was going to stay there and I think it was, it was really close. But when it didn't happen, they, they were like, oh, no, you're definitely going to find a club. Like you had a good season. You trained well here with us. So they, they, they had some talks with some USL championship teams and I, and I ended up in Memphis. Yeah, what did, what did you think of, what was your experience in Memphis? Because you had some, uh, you, you've been to some very different parts of the US. You know, Memphis is a lot different than Lansing and it's a lot different than Valpo and all. So what, what was your experience in Memphis? And it was, it was a different year overall. Like I can't say much about 2020 like short season like didn't practice as much as we wanted like different older team for sure more experienced players I think we had a good group but we never like drew together like our locker room wasn't that great maybe because of the year it was too like some older players that couldn't see their families like I was worried about my family here in Brazil I think it was it was just hard to cope with everything that happened so fast and it ended up we never got the results. We we should have uh, given the group we had there. But overall, it was a great experience, great city, loved Memphis, like a lot of stuff to do there. And Tennessee, because I, I love Tennessee. It's just something special in Tennessee that I love. And it was, it was a good experience overall. I think I learned a lot and I'm ready to use what I learned this year to, to make me even better this, this coming season. Yeah. When, I, if I'm correct, you, you started the season and before COVID, um, you weren't really playing much. And then kind of after you guys came back from COVID, you started earning more um, minutes and playing time and scored three goals. Um, what, what is that like? Because I'm sure, um, you know, when you're, when you're a college player that's on the route to professional, you're, you're always playing because you're one of the best players. And, and then you obviously showed that you were a high quality at Lansing. Um, what is that like then to to kind of go and and it's like a, a humbling experience, I'm sure, to kind of not be starting every game and playing 90 minutes. What is that like mentally for you as a player? Yeah, it was hard too because I got to Memphis and I had the same problem, injury again. So missed most of preseason. So I knew that I was going to have to fight for my spot again. Nothing new. So first games I was coming off the bench but I knew my opportunity was going to come 
especially because the team as a group wasn't doing so well. We weren't getting results and I was training better and better every day, just focusing on getting better. Like I need to get better today. I need to get better tomorrow. So just focusing on getting better. And with everything going on, that was the only thing I could think about. Like just, I just want to get better today, get better today. And my opportunity came. I don't think I played as, as a shooter. I think I could have done a lot more for Memphis, but got the minutes, played a lot of minutes, started most games, I believe, for, for a short season. And, and it, was, it was good overall. So tell me, you said the phrase, get better every day. Um, what, how exactly do you, have you found the best way to do that? Because I think some people are like, I'm here and I want to get to here but they struggle with like the breaking down of the daily to get, you know, over the course of two months, how do I get from here to there? What, what have you found to kind of, how do you get better every day? I think it's just training. Like a lot of people show up to training and like some days they don't feel like it. They're like, oh, today another training. Oh, we're doing this again or this drill again. And for me, it's just finding the passion to, to do each drill, to go to training every day with the mentality of doing your best. And I love that. I love the moment, like, we're professionals. Like, it's all we do the whole day. Like, we show up early to the club, we train, shower, do some rehab, whatever, and go home. So that moment, I need to take advantage of it and, and do my best. So that's the way I found out getting better every day. And, like, I think I did because – the season I scored three left-footed goals when I first went to the U.S. I could barely use my left foot, so I just worked on it a lot after training, and and it, it paid off. The two biggest things you've improved on is your English and your left foot since coming to America. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, uh, so season ends obviously a weird year with COVID, everything like that. Um, how did you decide on on Chattanooga? Uh, so I had. So season ended, of course, like no clubs in the U.S. knew what to do. I was eager to come home. So I came home right away, see my family, see that everyone was healthy and just wanted to, to hug everyone after a harder year. And my, my initial goal was to, what I told Memphis, was to, to play in Brazil. So they didn't pick my option because I, I told them I wanted to stay here, play close to my family. And that's what I did for... The month of January, I was gonna stay here, play here, but I don't know. I'm a pretty spiritual guy, and something told me in my head that there's still history for me to to ride in the U.S. And at the same time, in the week came uh, an offer from Chattanooga, which is a place that that I love. I have a lot of friends because of my time in Bryant and Tennessee. So it was like told my agent, I know. You want me to stay here in Brazil and play? And I did have a good opportunity to play here. But I think my life is still there. And I want to I wanna give it another shot. So I decided to, to sign up Chattanooga and have a great season there. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully the, the paperwork gets figured out soon so you can get over there. Um, after, after football's over, are you interested at all in trying to, to live in the U.S.? Or? No, Brazil's the place for you. I don't know yet. I mean, all I know is that I'm probably going to work with something related to football because, like I said, it's, it's all that I know how to do, and I love helping people. So I don't know if it's going to be coaching 
if it's going to be being a sporting director or whatever the case be. I want to be working with, with soccer, with football. And if the right opportunity presents in the U.S., I'll be there. If it's here, Brazil will be here. If it's in Europe, we'll be in Europe. It's a place that, that I want to I wanna play or work there just to, to get to know different places too and different cultures. So I guess whatever the, the situation presents, it's, it's where I'm going to be. All right, here's a kind of fun question, but what's the food you miss the most when you're in the U.S. from Brazil? And what's the food you miss the most from the U.S. when you're in Brazil? No, that's a good one. I'm going to say the food I miss the most in Brazil when I'm in the U.S. is just the, the rice and beans. It's different. Like when my mom makes the, just the typical Brazilian rice and beans, it's, it's amazing. And I miss it a lot. And when I'm in Brazil, I miss the cinnamon rolls, man. Those are, those are great. I love cinnamon rolls. They don't have those here. <laughs> yeah, they, it's always the unhealthy things people miss from the U.S. Mine is Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah. When, I'm, when I'm over in Europe, I miss Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, those are very good, too. Um, I, when, I'm, when I'm overseas, and some of my players have said when they speak English with me, they, start, they know that they've been using a lot of English when they start dreaming. And their dreams are now in English instead of Finnish or Swedish. Have you have you noticed anything like that now that you speak um, both languages? Do you do you dream in one or or do you not notice that? Yeah, I I want to say most of the time now I'm dreaming in English. That's why I don't know. That's why I decided like my agent maybe I still need to 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 go there a few more years. Like my I'm so used to it now, the culture, the language, the I dream in English all the time. Sometimes I'm doing Portuguese too, but it just it just depends. <laughs> do you ever do you ever struggle with the like switching um, the words up at all, or like using the wrong word for the whatever you're trying to say? Yeah, the first week is tough when I'm when I'm coming from there, when I'm going there. The first week is always tough, like I say, because sometimes you don't think you just say and you say the word in English, and everyone looks at me. I'm like, oh. <laughs> that's not what I meant and, but after it's just normal get into a routine of it yeah um more on a more serious question for you if you could go back to you know 16 17 year old self you're maybe let's say when you get cut from that team what would be the if you could see yourself in that you know that 10 minutes after you get cut from the team and give yourself you know those words of it best words of advice you could from looking back on it, what would that be? That That's a great question. I think the thing I'll tell myself is to control and focus on what you can control. Like too many times when you're young, you're complaining about the coach, complaining about your teammates, complaining about the field, complaining about the ball, complaining about the weather. Like I was always complaining. And you end up that you don't focus on things that you can control. So if I could go back in time now and say, look, 16, 15, 16, 17, you control what you can control. Don't focus so much on other people, on the external stuff. Just control what you can. And I think I would be a much better player if I could do those things. I like that. I like that. Um, I don't know if you have this just as a, as a last funny question. Do you have any, um, like, funny, funny situation that happened to you that first month when you came to the U.S. with you, maybe you said the wrong, like, phrase that you thought or anything like that? There's so many, man. I remember, I think this is my 
first week in Bryan, I remember passing through when I was getting through. I remember, like, I saw Walmart and then campus, but it's kind of far. And I remember the players were talking about, like, taking the new place to Walmart to buy it, to buy stuff we needed, or, like, just for daily life, like some school material, whatever it was. And they said they were going to do a run to Walmart. So I was scared. of like, damn, I'm going to run all the way to Walmart and back with, like, groceries and stuff. I was like, there's no way those guys are crazy. And what they meant, they told me after, was just just a quick trip to Walmart. <laughs> I was like, yeah. But there were, there were a lot of those that I couldn't understand or that I would understand wrong. And, yeah. yeah. This is a yeah, funny one that I remember out of my head now. That's funny you said that one because when I asked a question, one came into my mind my first year in Sweden. It was similar to that. I was trying to find the sports store, and they said, oh, it's a mile down the road. And I was like, oh, it's a mile. I can just walk there then. And they're like, what? You're gonna, you can't walk a mile. Well, I come to find out a Swedish mile is like six US miles. So when wow. they said, so when they said it's a mile down the road, it's a six miles for US mile type. I was like, I had no idea that there was different usage of the words miles. And that's even the, the language yeah. I speak. So I can only imagine when you don't speak the language, how confusing. Yeah, it's tough. My first experience, like once, once they, they picked me up from, from the, in Atlanta from the airport, they took me to Chick-fil-A to see if I was hungry and I got in. The lady asked like 10 questions and I just looked like someone to help because I couldn't couldn't order anything. So I just said the numbers and they ordered for me. But like I said, my teammates helped me so much like without them, I, I couldn't do it. Good, good thing you like or you ate chicken. That could have been a problem taking you there. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh. Yeah, that's I I can't imagine going in like I mean luckily you had some teammates that spoke Portuguese, but that's still to have to do school and all when you're just trying to learn basic conversational would be very difficult. I can't imagine. Yeah, it was a good challenge, but it, it made me stronger and, and better and I learned a new language I never thought I would. Yeah. Really grateful for everything. Yeah, absolutely. Well, man, I appreciate you taking time out of your day to uh, to be on the podcast. I enjoyed it. Um, hopefully, as I said, hopefully you get your paperwork so that you can get back to the U.S. and start scoring goals for Chattanooga Wolves. Excited to uh, to see this season for you. Yes, thank you so much, Matt. We stay in touch, and if you need anything, and hopefully we can we can connect in the U.S. at some point. Absolutely, man. Have a good day. Enjoy the, the beautiful Thank you very weather. much. Have a good day. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. Bye.